Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. This is Brett White and sitting next to me in another universe is... That was so much power and (laughs) follow it up but this is ashley k small (laughs) and i'm ian carlos crawford and today joining us is woodsboro's finest critical overlord hi i feel like i you and i have been talking and i've been trying to get you on for like a while now so i'm glad i finally yes (laughs) it's great to be here uh so we're here to talk across the spider verse I just saw it last night, um, and I guess like what at the top of the episode we'll talk like your basic feelings about it, um, Ashley. So I don't know if I ever said this on here before, but Into the Spider Verse is my favorite movie ever yeah. of all time. Are you kidding? That's why I was like bothering you to come on. It's like know how much you love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a lot going on in life, which is the only reason I didn't give you the enthusiastic <laughs> test I normally would. <laughs> but yeah, I say that to say it's. Definitely a better movie than the first. I still enjoy watching the first more. And I, that's how I've been explaining it. Like, hmm, okay. the first movie's like real feel good. This was not feel, it was amazing, but I was stressed. I was like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Brett? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm kind of the opposite, not the opposite, but just like, I like the first one. I like, you know, it was a great movie theater experience. I haven't seen it since the theater. I've only seen it once. So I loved this one, which I saw this morning because I have a movie theater within walking distance and I need to start using it. Damn it. Oh, nice. Uh, um, So, yeah, I mean, like, so it's really fun to go into a Marvel movie that I have no investment in that I like. I, I think I've seen a trailer. I, you know, I, I like the characters. I'm ready to just have fun. Like it, it so it like really, uh, I don't know. It, it's a fun experience. And I thought like, it's just an amazing feat of creativity and, yeah. uh, very pure classic, uh, comic book storytelling yeah. actually translated to the big screen, you know, better than any, any other, you know, it has an advantage being animated because they can actually incorporate a lot of that, you know, kineticism and uh, aesthetics. And it just it makes for such a fun, super fun uh, watch. So, you know, loved. I will say the most stressed I was the entire movie was like the last five minutes when I was very much having the, oh, no, they're setting up entirely new action sequences. And it feels like this movie has been going on a long time because I didn't know there's a third one coming. So I was just like, no, it takes (laughs) years for them to make animation. I can't (laughs) wait three years for a sequel. And then I got on Wikipedia and saw like, we're fine. March. Like, we're good. I was a little worried about that. I was like, no, I don't want to have to wait five years for the next one. I was so glad that there is a date for the next one. Um. Quick Overlord, what'd you think overall? Overall, I honestly have to say I thought it was phenomenal compared to the first movie. Although, mm. yes, the first one is definitely more of a feel-good story. I liked the uh, darker tone with some of the subject matter that was happening here for both Miles and Gwen as far as their development. I thought the way they were able to blend those arcs and let you know it wasn't only Miles' movie, but also Gwen's movie. They did that quite fine as far as balancing and giving both equal time to breathe. Obviously, the animation was leaps and bounds, I would say, better than the first one. What I didn't necessarily find to be to my liking was that there wasn't a standout song like Sunflower, but that's like a minor thing. Everything else with the movie, top to bottom, is just absolutely epic. And I really like this one aspect they gave Miles for his his development that I don't think any other Spider-Man has had to deal with. Uh, 
which I thought was a nice touch. It was just a great movie from top to bottom. And I did love the cliffhanger, but I was also like, uh, even I knew Beyond is coming, but I was also kind of bothered because it was so good. I wanted more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's my like only like problem, quote unquote problem is like, I, I actually just like in general hate a cliffhanger. So I was just like, no, I want this to like be finished. And like, you know how the first one kind of like, it showed us Spider-Man 2099 at the end as like a vague, like this is setting up for the next one. I don't mind that kind of like be continued, but I didn't like that. It like didn't finish, but it was such a fucking enjoyable movie. And I do think it's that you're all right about very different like tones because the first one like definitely made me like tear up and cry a few times. And this one, I was expecting that same, like, Oh God, what's going to be the emotional thing that like upsets me. But this was just like really fucking enjoyable. And like, I mean, I know I talk about Buffy and horror a lot on this podcast, but like almost like the chase scenes were like pretty thrilling. I was like, this is like almost like <laughs> horror level chase scenes where I'm like, fuck shit. I just want him to get away. And I was like, never been more mad at Oscar Isaacs and Issa Rae. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I thought the art was, it was wild how many different styles you saw when they're like running around the Spider-Verse headquarters. Yeah. And I guess my only, but this is me being an old lady, my like, I take a minute, and this happened with the first one too, to like adjust to how fast the animation is. Because like sometimes a found footage horror movie can make me motion sick <laughs> because it like <laughs> jumps around so much. So the first like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, right, this happened last time. But then I like fully got in and was fine. Um, I loved everything about this. And I was even trying to find like a complete guide of all the Easter eggs, but I feel like this movie has so many that that, yeah, that would be such a long. <laughs> that's got to be a, like, watch it frame by frame, especially yeah. when they go into the, uh, the, the, the spider hive. What is that place called? <laughs> it's not yeah. Spider, hive. spider yeah. society. Wait, yeah. no, that's what they're called, but I forgot what the place is called. <laughs> they did give it a name, I think. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I was just like, Oh man, all of these have got to be from, something and i don't know spider-man enough to know i was gonna so ashley i know you love a spider-man did you were like and i did recognize some of them but like were most of them from something or were some of them made up what the new ones the new spider-man like all the different ones in that yeah yeah no most of them are from the comics they've or like they either have a either they've shown up in the comics or or they even have their own especially they just had a should have say just that. Well, I mean, first off, I say this saying, please don't run out and get any of the Spider-Man comics. They're not really that great right now, but they do have <laughs> they do have one that looks into like that that is specifically centered on the Spider-Verse and, and um like a lot of the ones that you see here make appearances. I just I say that to say I don't want anyone preparing themselves like, oh I'm gonna get the comic book version of this and it's like, no, that doesn't exist. You will not find anything that will excite you unless it was made in the eighties or, or beforehand. So, but no, most of them were people I've, I've either seen them from the comics, video games, or some, like I'm, if, I don't know if you guys were watching the animated cartoons growing up, but like yeah. you saw some of the animated cartoon versions of Spider-Man oh, too. Yeah. I saw the spectacular one, but I didn't see the nineties one, which is my Spider-Man. I want it. So I need to like, I don't, I, an eye I, open. I actually was like keeping an eye out for the nineties. Cause I saw the Spider-Man unlimited Spider-Man which I yes. think was still in the same universe as the 90s cartoon. Yes. Like, yeah. he travels. Yeah. I saw that one a bunch of times. 
But like the 90s Spider-Man looked so much like just like an animated Spider-Man that I was like, am I seeing him in the background or am I not? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I it's I, I, I'm waiting for some like people who don't like Marvel to be like, oh, it's distracting. There's too many because like I was like that nerd that's like, wait, who do I recognize in these backgrounds? But like, I don't think it took away from it. Like you don't need to be looking for them, right? I think my biggest Spider-Man this is so stupid. My biggest like gasp was when we saw um, Julia Carpenter, Spider Woman. Oh yeah, I I was very excited about that. I guess because like I just wasn't expecting to see other Spider like women characters. Yeah. Um, and when she likes, I think it's like in the cafeteria and she stands up. I was like, holy shit! Like I, that's a Spider Woman I grew up with from like Force Works. Um, so I was yeah. very excited to see her. But yeah, um, so I guess we'll get into the story. So Critical Overlord, you mentioned that Gwen does get. Like, they get equal, and I did really like getting to see both their stories, but, and Ashley, I saw <clears throat> that you kind of agreed, I didn't fully love Gwen's story that much, because, like, her dad was an asshole. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't care. I don't know whether to say I didn't like it. I don't know if I feel comfortable saying that yet. I just yeah. truly didn't care for it, which is really different from the first movie where I was, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, Miles is going to be, is my favorite Spider-Man, so, like, if I have to choose between the three of you, I will choose him first, but <laughs> after the first movie, it was very much, like, I really love everyone who I base, like, even when it came down to Spider-Man Noir and, and, um, and Penny, yeah. I really was, like, just in love with everybody, and then here, I really just was, like, oh, she's helping the movie story for it, that's nice of her, like, I really did not, I, I did not care at all like I still felt very emotional uh, ties to Peter B. Parker even uh Miguel to be honest with you even though he was an asshole but like yeah I just I did not care for her at all I don't know I don't know and like I I think maybe she for me needed like I needed maybe like more like I needed her friends or like I liked when it started with the band I was like oh cool these are gonna be her best friends and then it's like they weren't really they were barely her friends I think maybe I needed like something with that because her dad was just too much of a dick. Like I was like, yes, leave. He's an asshole. Like he just tried to arrest you. Fuck him. And like when she was like, can you stop being a cop for a second? And like he couldn't. And it's like, Meh. so I don't, yeah, I, but I still like her. And I did like her having to deal with like Miles's parents. I liked all that shit. But like she did kind of fuck it all up, right? <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know. Maybe. <sighs> It's also because it's like, you know, the whole, I only connected with one person and he's not here. And it's like, you knew him kind of for a day. Like, don't get me wrong. I get right. it. Like, you know, but it's also <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know. I'm like. Man, teenagers. Huh? Yeah. Like, the universe at risk for someone you, who, uh, like, you know, I just, <laughs> once again, it was like, at first I was pretty convinced, oh, they sent her there to like distract him so that they can take care of this thing. And to mm. find out it was like, you know, it was this other, like, I don't know, you would have thought they'd known each other for five years and then had never seen each other again or something like that. And I don't, like, they made great emotional ties in the first movie, but I'm like, if even Peter B. Parker can stay away from him, I'm I'm finding it hard to believe you were, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, this is, this is I guess, where I'm, my indifference towards her in this movie um, is coming from. And I understand it might be a bit of an outlier because other people seem to have been able to. But yeah, I say this to someone with a Spider-Gwen poster in my room and stuff like that so i was really yeah. disappointed uh with it yeah 
Someone who likes her say something now, please. So that doesn't. <laughs> no, I mean, I like. I, I really like the beginning. I like them starting the movie with, uh, you know, I guess it's essentially showing us what we didn't see in the first one. Correct, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't seen the first one in years. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And I also really liked how they restarted the movie essentially with, you know, the producers and stuff uh, for Miles's part as if they're like, you know, here's starting the movie again. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really liked all of her uh, interactions with Miles. I mean, I guess like if you if you meet someone for a day and you really hit it off and then you have like a year of being alone. I feel like you just probably in your mind just keep inflating that one day, which is kind of what we see when her and Miles reunite where she like, you know, picks up the notebook and is like, oh, you really miss me because he's been drawing her every day. And in my head, I I was watching that thinking like they're like, why aren't why isn't he saying literally anything? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's because like you can you can fall in love with like the idea of a person, especially if you knew them for such a short time and then you're away from them for a year. So like miles has developed probably this entire relationship with spider with Gwen, uh, in his head with a person he doesn't really know. And now here she is. And what is he going to say to her tongue tied, you know, like, uh, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, there's, I guess there's probably definitely some cool shit to do with her in the third one, because essentially she was, the uh, inadvertent villain, an inadvertent villain in this movie in a way, like from Alice's point of view, she betrayed him. So, yeah. you know, we're going to have to see, uh, 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 you know, a nice like heroes uh, arc for her and even Peter and hopefully Jessica drew as well. Cause I yes. love Jessica drew so fucking much. <laughs> and I thought Issa Rae was such a, perfect voice casting and i was like no i don't want to be mad at her and i didn't want to be mad at oscar isaacs either because like i love their character designs like they are cool spider-man 2099 like and of course now i'm gonna be a bad puerto rican i don't remember if he's in the comics like in my brain he's puerto rican but i was also like 12 so he might have just been like hispanic um but like i really (laughs) like that's like a spider-man that i very much liked as a kid even though i didn't love the 2099 universe but I like loved him. So I was like super excited for him and Jessica Drew. But I mean, we got to have someone that's like an antagonist, but not a full villain, right? Like, I also just like my note that they made him look basically just like Oscar Isaacs, even though yes. that is not yeah. near. <laughs> I was thinking character. that the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they're being chased by Oscar. I really was forgetting. <laughs> I really was just like, they made Oscar Isaac Spider-Man and was like, we'll have you chasing him. Cause I'm just like, I know like this is not what he looks like in any adaptation of him until <laughs> now they was just like you know what that voice only matches one body that's what we're gonna <laughs> that's what we're gonna do here <laughs> i was waiting for the vampire thing i couldn't tell if that was a joke or yeah he's he they do confirm he's a vampire we got it once in the opening scene with gwen when yeah. he's attacking someone and we see his fangs come out yeah it was that because i don't think that's not in the comics right <laughs> yes he is i'm pretty yeah. sure he is it I mean, I've never read the, you know, classic Spider-Man 2099 or the current or the new. Um, but in my head, I was like, is he also Morbius? <laughs> Wait, <Yeah. Don't laughs> bring Morbius in here. <laughs> I feel like his comic, right, Ashley, isn't it like some kind of mix with like, it's a little bit of Morbius, but like, it's like a spider, something with like whatever not, serum he got. It's like, uh, he's not a vampire in like the traditional sense, but he does right. have feelings. Yeah. Yeah. 
He has fangs and like claws. He has vampire stuff. So like in my head, I'm gonna just call him a vampire. But like he's not like the traditional I need blood to to survive vampire. <laughs> I know people who listen to this watch Buffy, so I don't want anybody getting to <laughs> coming after me. Like I got my lore uh, confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's like he has like vampire features and something with his DNA, but I don't, I don't fully remember. So he's like Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, what were you gonna say? I critical overlay. I feel like I interrupted you earlier. What were you gonna say about Gwen? Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that with Gwen. One thing I was thinking while I was watching that movie was her arc was a little emotional. It was very compelling. It was still compelling by the end of it all. But then we got to Miles's half and the big bombshell that we learned about him and the lore with Spider-Man. It's like, oh, wow, he probably wouldn't have had to deal with this right now if you wouldn't have done what you did, which is right? interact with him. But <laughs> I mean, he needed to know at some point, but I thought they kind of stepped on that for me because I was completely just like, okay, well, I need to get fully behind Miles now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like- I, like I said, I didn't want to be mad at everyone else, but I was fucking pissed at all these other characters. I'm like, oh, you're just telling him, like, yeah, your dad's going to die. Like, deal with it. Don't do anything. Like, <laughs> but also, I mean, again, to reference Buffy again, but um, it reminded me a little bit of, like, Buffy and Dawn, where it's like, when Giles is like, we have to let her die. Like, if she doesn't, and she's like, we are not having this conversation. And he, like, yells at her because it's like, the world will end if this like we don't let that happen and she's refusing but like you understand that because that's her sister in here it's his father so like i don't it really was like gwen if you just hadn't talked to him if you just waited this would have been fine um yeah and i don't know it's like weird that like they thought that he would be like oh, okay i understand <laughs> like great you're right i'll sit here and wait and do nothing. <laughs> I mean, like, not only is he like that a family member, but he's a fucking teenager. Like, what? Why did they think he would listen? But yeah, no, I, I, I liked that. I also forget the like Gwen Stacy lore sometimes. So I forgot that like that Captain Stacy dying is like a thing. Like, I know she dies, but then I forget yeah. that like, he also dies. I mean, her death ended up overshadowing his. Right. So, you know, really a glory, glory hog. Attention. <laughs> I, I also think that, you know, Gwen's storyline is is not it's not wrapped, but like her emotional right. thing is like her and her dad have that moment at the end of it where he's like quits being a cop. Good decision, which <laughs> also means he's not a captain anymore, which means that like he's not going to die. Right. Because yeah. like I I. It is it is weird that it's that hyper specific. It's like all of you need either an uncle, yeah, a police captain, or both to die. <laughs> I thought that was a great touch, honestly, because they had this. Uh, what is it they do with Scream? Meta. It was meta in a way, kind of oh, yeah. labeling yeah. all of these things that happen with these Spider Men and giving it a title. I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> They call canon events, I think. Yes, yeah. yes. I loved, I thought that was like really fucking clever to be like, oh, those are the words we use for like stories and they're using yeah. it well, as like a universe <laughs> thing. I also, oh, so like I really liked that, you know, all the numbers they use for all the universes are correct, which also set like that reference to, yeah, the multiverse. God, there's a Doctor Strange and another Spider-Man that's just been like messing yeah. with this stuff in Earth 1999-99, which is... 
which is what we called the Marvel Cinematic Universe before Multiverse of Madness came out and said that it was the 616th, which right. is not, at, you know, which yeah. is what makes nerds brains blow up. So I really, I really appreciated that. And then, yeah, like uh, the old 1610 is where Miles is from, which is the ultimate universe. So, like, yeah, it's cool. And like, I mean, I'm going to, of course, but like, I fucking love the family shit. I loved the mom speaking Spanglish because, you know, that's what I grew up with. And I'm like, oh, this this is a like very overbearing Puerto Rican mom. And like when I forget what he says, I forget what moment he says this in, but it made me laugh. And he was like, no, I don't think he's Puerto Rican. They're more Colombian because that's like he said Dominican, Dominican, right? (laughs) It's like that is some accurate bullshit. Like I remember at a family party once. They were like mad that the DJ wasn't playing like any music that they liked with the older relatives. And they <laughs> told him to put on some Puerto Rican music. He put on something and they were like, that is Dominican music. And they were all fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know. I, I love that little like bit of like, yes, this is something that they would say. So I, I what did we think of Spider-Man 2099, Miguel? What did we think of him? Because I did like that he was kind of the villain, but not right. Like he's not like doing something. He's doing something that's good for the universe. He's doing something. It is your classic. Yeah. I'm doing this for the better good, but not in the sense where it's like, no, you asshole, you're doing genocide. It's like, he is, he's, he's making very, it's, we, I, I think it, it's really great that it basically intertwines with the lore that anyone who is a Spider-Man, even if you're a, like, you're just a Spider-Man fan who's seen the movies every time they come out, you know that there's a very there's a particular formula. Okay, Uncle yeah. Ben dies. Uh, uh, the captain at some point is gonna die. If he's dating Gwen Stacy, don't get attached. Um, and you know, th- like it, it's a very particular formula that we that we follow. Basically, saying like, hey, this is just the way things are for every Spider-Man, no matter who you are, yeah. which like, this is what it is type of thing. And so, with that familiarity, and us realizing, yeah, that is how every movie, every comic book I ever picked up with one of you guys goes. Oh yeah. shit, Miles, this is terrible for you. Also, even if you just have read, if you've only played the game, you know that Jefferson Davis dies in the the video game. Mm-hmm. So even if you are just someone who only plays the video game at this point, you're familiar enough with this, yeah. with this to know like, shit, that is really how this goes. Um, so it's like this matter of we're listening to what he says and we know he's giving every bit of truth. We yeah. still don't really like him. Cause it's like, <laughs> yeah. you can't, there's, there's literally 50,000 Spider-Man in this room. Y'all can't help. Y'all can't, we can't put our heads together. Um, right. <laughs> figure out how to stop it happening from this one time. Um, this is like 50,000, thousand uncle ben's like, have died like that is that is genocide of uncle ben's okay okay, I, yeah, like, okay can i tell you guys though because i have a god kid and they mm. are trying to name him peter parker like he's he, he's about to be born in a couple and they want me to be all auntie ashley i was like absolutely the fuck <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not inspiring this kid to do shit absolutely, i was like absolutely the fuck not like no no like oh you're no no (laughs) no nobody would no no aunt nor ashley ever works no no aunt or uncle works out well with that we need to figure something else out or we need to make it very clear to universe that i am the godmother (laughs) let's relate that story to them because they're the ones that need to be set up i'm not no so yeah like no (laughs) but yeah no i i I did love miguel um both hated him and wanted him to push me up against the wall but still (laughs) it's like it was the perfect antagonist in that like shit he's making great points but also fuck you yeah 
yes. He's yeah, like he's lost his humanity because like what he's doing, he could actually. I mean, it is genocide of people named Ben and uh, Captain Stacy, but like <laughs> he is doing what in his mind is good. And like if he could have any type of if he could have maintained compassion while doing this and not lost that along the way, I mean, it would make the, the medicine go down smoother. But he's gotten so hard and like lost lost sight of all humanity. Yeah. He has no compassion for any of the spider people that right. he's uh you know working with. He's a bad boss, honestly. Yeah, it also starts to feel sometimes like are you doing like and we we know on some level like he is doing because it, it truly is like a matter of look this is the way it goes, but it also starts to feel like is a part of you want to see this happen because you've lost everything to you that you need to make sure everyone else loses. Yeah. You know, like, is it is well, it to justify what happened to him too? Yeah, everyone like, else has to lose their their closest whatever, and because I lost everything to me, so I don't want to hear anything about let's figure out anomalies or stuff like I don't want to hear it because if I had to lose mine, you got to lose yours. Like it starts to even feel like that. Yeah, yeah, and like also, did we did I miss? Was there an explanation over like who died? Like who was his Uncle Ben or Captain whoever that? had to die um not uncle ben or captain it was more so when they did his backstory a bit from and it was like he took the place of um yeah so basically we know he lost his family so i guess right it's i mean they're they're they they're playing like a fine line sometimes with like the family members okay because like for miles it's like okay he did technically he didn't lose uncle ben but he lost uncle aaron um I mean, like, you know, it's also just like, you know, we have a spider cat, like I'm sure spider cat, <laughs> Uncle Ben, you know, so it's like, it's clear. It's like, sometimes it's, it starts to feel like it's a matter of certain family members who play a certain role in the life. So we did see him lose like two family members between his wife and his daughter. So I guess True. for where he's from, I kind of took it like that was kind of like his equivalent. And then he tried to take the place of, of him in another universe and because of that he made an anomaly and so they disappeared anyways yeah that's that's true and like i didn't think about that spider cat probably also did not have um what did we think of miles's family and the like i saw someone tweet this and like i get it but that it was a very much it felt like a coming out story but there was no like queer people in it but like i don't know i feel like that's how superhero stories are right like, I mean, it's it's going to be hard to not have coming out as a superhero map on to like, there's almost no I can't think of a way to do that and it not feel like that. So, right. yeah, well, I did notice at the very beginning in Gwen's room, she has protect like a protect yes. trans kids sign over her door, uh, which made me start crying in the theater, just thinking of kids I, and teens going to see this movie and and it is literal that is literal crumbs like it is such a small right, thing yeah. but if you're a trans kid going to see across the spider-verse and you see that gwen has that sign yeah. in her room in a sony movie that's in a theater right now right that's i yeah crying well and like i had seen that on twitter but i didn't know if that would i I think like my brain just kind of forgot because I definitely like had a little gasp when I saw that like protect trans kids. I was like, uh, because I feel like Disney and Marvel would be like, absolutely not. Like they would not allow that to be prominent at all. Like, and that's like one of the advantages of Sony is that they let them do. And I think that's what helps this movie be better than just like a regular quote unquote superhero animated movie is that like, it feels like Sony, and I'm not giving full credit to this company for being progressive, they just don't care as much, probably. 
about like being fully right central in the middle and like they kind of let the artists do some shit because like they do curse a few times in this movie right i think like say like shit or something they said shoot a bunch did they i thought they said shit but but whatever Um, that could have just been me only because like this movie really does have a really young audience yeah yeah but um I will say in terms of the Sony conversation, I don't, I mean, I don't believe we're putting any corporation on right, any, yeah. but I do hope like y'all need to hold on to Spider-Man in, until your last dying breath, because at least, because <laughs> I'm like, I mean, yeah, it's crumbs, but compared to some other companies, Disney, it's, it's <laughs> might as well be an entire meal. Like yes. it's, it's just, yeah. which is again, so sad unless you obviously indicates how low the bar is, but it's also just like, they're clearly willing to do a, a lot more than right. And, and so I need y'all to not, I mean that, but also like they're just making better movies with Spider-Man in it. And so I therefore don't really have faith in the MC. I'm going to be real. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that faith in MCU to do the same with it. So I'd rather they just keep it. Yeah. And the, the family. So I, I, I did really like, um, I did like the coming out to the family, but it really, I kept being like, is he, is he going to say gay to his mom? Like when they were talking <laughs> and I just kept being like, just tell your mother, like, yes, she will probably be a lot about it. But like, I don't know. I felt like whatever they were assuming probably was worse. Right. Like, I don't know. I, what'd you guys think of that aspect with the family? Like I saw something on Twitter about all oh, the family stuff because he has his family unlike the three iterations of Peter I've gotten to grow up with who right. were just with their uncle and aunt, uh, that he really doesn't have a story, but I don't really see it like that. I think his story is the fact that since he has his parents, he's having to deal with the expectations of, or living up to his parents' expectations. And then also trying to deal with that. Plus how are they going to take this bombshell about what I do to keep the city safe? You already know how your father feels about, the identity that you're keeping from him. And that's his, that is his arc. The fact that he still has his struggles with his parents in his life. That's, that's his arc. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think, I think some people get a little like, I know I bring this up a lot about Veronica Mars, but like, I remember in the revival, which I loved until I hated at the end, uh, spoilers, they blow up the, they made, they made the love interest so much more likable in the revival they made their relationship not toxic at all because it had been very toxic in the show. And then they kill him at the end by blowing up a car. And that's the end of the like revival. And the showrunner said, well, you know, you can't have a, a interesting show if there's a happy couple. And like, I very much do not think that's true. Um, I don't like when shows, you know, I mean, to reference something that I know everyone is like rolls their eyes at, but like in the office, how like Pam and Jim, like, at the end, it's like, oh, they might break up, and then it's fine. Like, I don't need... It. You can make a couple just be, like, fine. You can make a family just... You don't have to have, like, the mom and dad be dead or one of them die to make yeah. an interesting dynamic. And I think Miles kind of proves that. Like, I agree with you, Kirk Overlord. I don't think it takes away from his story at all. In fact, I think it makes it a little different than the other spider folks' stories in this, is that he does have his parents, and they're still, like you know, he still does struggle with it and he struggles with telling them and he struggles with like getting around doing superhero shit while still trying to be there for his family. And you know how like he did get those cakes and he was really sweet about it, but then it like they get mushed and fucked up. Not going to lie. When we found out 
about how he, I guess, wasn't ever supposed to be Spider-Man. That kind of was like, oh, this reminds me of, well, Buffy wasn't ever supposed to be alive after she <laughs> died at yes. the end of season five. <laughs> and like, oh, this is all Willow's fault. <laughs> so poor Ashley has never watched Buffy, but she's had to hear us talk about it like every fucking Marvel episode. <laughs> I feel like you're learning by osmosis just from being on all these Marvel episodes. That's, all right. That's how I've learned everything. That's how I... <laughs> All I know is that she was Daphne and Scooby Doo. That's all I had for you. <laughs> that's fine. That's yeah, that's like it's like Daphne and Buffy. I feel like are her two things that people love her for. Um, but yeah, no, I and I like and I mean not to reference Buffy again, but like Buffy is interesting because she is a slayer with all these friends and like her chosen family, and like I like having an ensemble. Um, well, and it's just right? a different story. Like you know, give us a superhero that has a big family and a big community, like just cause it's a different story. Yeah. We've seen the dead parents or the dead partner or the, de- like we've seen that so many times. And, and I also think that that is why a lot of, I think that it is a harder story to tell, uh, to tell the story of like the couple that doesn't break up because you have to yeah. keep that interesting. And I think that like breaking them up is just like the easiest way <laughs> to yeah. make it air quote interesting. And so, and like killing the ant, or the uncle or whatever is the easiest way to like make it dramatic and emotional, but having to find something else is hard. And I think that like they do such a really good job in these movies because I, I just, I love these, I love this family. I love all their dynamics and, and it never, it always feels, uh, it feels very high stakes and no one is dead. And so like, you will mean uncle Aaron is dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's still, it's it's really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And okay. So let's talk about uh, Jessica Drew and um, Peter B. Parker. What do we, I, there was a moment when I was like, maybe they shouldn't be fighting with the baby and her pregnant, like doing all these kickflips and stuff. (laughs) But I did really like both of them. Um, I like the one time I, I really felt, um, I loved when she first came on screen with the yes. motorcycle because again, like that run, the Javier Rodriguez and Dennis hopeless spider woman run where she is pregnant and is wearing that costume and out fighting bad guys while pregnant uh, <laughs> is it, it's one of my favorite runs. And I've just, I've loved Jessica drew for so long and this is her debut in anything since her like cartoon in 1979 i think like oh shit really we've not gotten jessica drew in the mcu probably because of like sony weird red tape and having her energy in this movie before she became like a kind of de facto unintended villain um I was just like, oh, I want this. Like her friendship with Carol Danvers is like one of the best things about yes. the entire Marvel Comics universe. And it may be just like, oh, Lashana Lynch should have been fucking Jessica Drew like that. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and because like the relationship that they have in Captain Marvel is the relationship that Jess and Carol have in the comics. And so it was just it was just like a reminder of like what we have not yet had in the MCU. And I'm like, damn it, please bring her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was so good, and like, I loved that when her in her first like appearance when she like jumped in. That G- Spider Gwen says, "Adopt me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did anyone find the like fully different animations? Like, was that jarring for anyone, or did it like land? 
I think I think I saw some stuff about oh, sensory overload. I mean, mm. at times maybe, but yeah. it was just like so cool to see how yeah. this was done, and it looked so good. <laughs> yeah, because when yeah, I saw I, the budget, I was like, "Wow, that's that's a lot." <laughs> I I was reading that apparently they said it would be cost and have as many exactly the same as the first one, and then it like very much went over that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the only times I was like. This makes sense. Like when the vulture came in and she was like, you look like parchment. I was like, oh, okay. He is supposed to be like different. <laughs> and it's not just like style. But like I had, my brain had trouble figuring out what was just stylized and what was like stylized to signify this is something different, like out of place. What do we think of spider punk? Because I will tell you, I come from a fucking family with accents, but for some reason, UK accents, when they're fast... Oh. I'm like, oh, I need my I need my captions for this. I couldn't. I, I, I was thinking about, I did wish they had captions. I mean, but that's that's me in general. Yeah, me too. I, I do feel like movie theaters should be making that normalized just for an accessibility thing. Yeah. And also because yeah, I'm in my 30s now. I can't hear the way I used to. So let me <laughs> let me read, please. Um, <laughs> I did pick it up. I don't know if that was my Daniel Kaluuya um, translator that's in the back of my head that's going to work the whole time going on. But I was also thinking, like, good on Daniel Kaluuya, because he always has to hide his accent. So I was like, yeah. you go in there and talk the way you normally talk. I know you was ecstatic as hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really liked... Um, so this is for Drag Race fans. will get this. Um, but, like, Drag Race UK Season 4, Black Peppa is... I was like, oh, looks and talks and act like just like Black Peppa. So uh, the entire time I was just imagining this drag queen as, as spider punk. <laughs> so that was, oh, that was fun. Uh, but I also kind of thought me not understanding half of what spider punk is saying is itself very punk. So I was kind oh, yeah. of like, <laughs> I mean, I guess like that's fine. <laughs> it makes it may it doesn't change their impact at all. Oh yeah, no. Because it's still very fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was like so fucking cool. And like, <laughs> I was like, oh God, if this were like, I mean, I still do as an animated character, but if this were a real person, I would for sure have a crush on them. I still have a crush on the animated character, but you know, <laughs> more so in real life. Side note. Yes. People are going to get mad at me for pointing this out, but all, except for Jessica Drew, all the black Spider people were looking out for Miles because he was the first one that was like, put your hand like this. And then when they tried to trap him, was the one making the sign to, to break the thing down. And then, um, yeah. oh my goodness, my good sister, who was played by Amanda, Lers, Amanda Sternberg. Oh Spider yeah, like bite? the... Bite? Isn't it Bite? Spider Bite. Yeah. Was the one who decided to let him go through when mm -hmm. uh, Miguel was trying to... I'm just saying, I just want to point that out. Happy Juneteenth. <laughs> all the black... All <laughs> <laughs> All the black ones were looking out for him. <laughs> Jessica Drew, I don't know what's going on with you, but well, it's kind of, I mean, she's second in command since she's gotten too high yeah. up the uh, the power chain. Yeah. Your voice actor said, "I'm rooting for everybody black. Let's get it together." <laughs> <laughs> I was really happy when Spider Bite helped him because I was like, "No, just help him." Like I thought, like. Because, like, Peter B. Parker and Gwen, like, wanted to, but were very, like, we're just going to stand here and watch. And I was, like, fucking help him. And I was yeah, really it's, it's very, we are, we're allies until we're actually on the subway and something's going down and we're still just going to sit here. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why I was a little, I didn't care for her as much. Because it's, like, for, for a good, she really wasn't technically, <clears throat> I don't want to say she was a villain, but for the most of the movie, she technically wasn't on the hero side. So it's, like... Right. 
maybe that's also why it's like, I guess maybe it was, it kind of felt in conflict with me rooting for Miles because you really aren't, if anything, you've made this situation for him that much worse. I guess maybe, yeah, I feel maybe that's, that's why. I'm sorry. I'm still trying to answer that question for myself. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, I get that. And like, I appreciated that at least uh, Jessica Drew did seem to like feel like at the end when she was watching what was happening, I was like, oh, she's not like going in to stop anything. So maybe now she's like, all right, now we're cool. I do feel bad. I'm going to help. But like we didn't, you know, because it was be continued. So, yeah. So like at the end of the movie, we have all of the spider allies that Gwen has rallied together are all going to Earth 42 to save Miles. Right. And and so like the the Earth where Miles's dad is, where soon to be Captain Morales is, has no one there except for Jessica Drew. And also, I guess Miguel is there, too. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, that could be her, you know, moment of truth in the next movie of like she her saving uh, Miles's dad because yeah. she knows it's the right thing to do. And also <laughs> he's just he's just a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the thing I did like is also like these characters like Miles, it was like, oh, you weren't supposed to be bitten, but no one else. You didn't have to be Peter Parker. I don't know if that, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I liked that, like, she was, they were all like versions of Spider-Man, but like all didn't have to be Peter Parker. And like, even though Miles was like, they said like his spider was from a different universe, he wasn't supposed to get bitten. We did see that other people are allowed to be Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I don't know, I felt like that anomaly was with a hard ER. I don't know, I don't like how way he's doing that. <laughs> 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 It had a lot of venom behind it. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, I like that it was like, we are allowed to have all these different spider people and they're not all the same. Like spider bite had like these cool, like different holograms. And she was, she was projecting from her universe. Right. Wasn't that the thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did really like that. And I did like seeing who had, I mean, you, you are right, Ashley. I would say, see who had compassion and wanted to help. And it, yeah, I liked that Spider-Punk because he says I quit when he leaves, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, and I fucking love that. And he leaves a thing so Gwen can help him. Um, but Peter B. Parker, I was a little like, man, you keep saying you're his mentor and you're not really doing anything except for putting a baby in danger. But like, sure, it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kirk Overlord, what'd you think of uh, Jessica, Jessica Drew and uh, Peter B. Parker? Honestly, with uh, Peter B. Parker, I, I, I was mostly just distracted by the baby because <laughs> it was adorable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and with Jessica Drew, when I saw her... I honestly had not, because I'm someone when it comes to the comic stuff, I was very much so keeping up with it when I was younger, but I hadn't been keeping up with it recently. So when I saw Jessica Drew, I took me a minute before I realized who that was, but I liked her when she was on screen. I did not like how she was more so, I guess, when because when it got to the Oscar Isaac and Miguel stuff, Spider-Man uh, 2099, when he was having to drop all those hard truths, how she kind of was more along the lines of being with him, but I got it because of the where she, where she was standing at as well. She has like this role she wants to maintain, mm-hmm. but she was likable up until that point. But it was also at the same time, I, I get where you're coming from, but please just do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Somebody help this man. He doesn't he doesn't need this. <laughs> None of you really should have just been letting this happen. Uh you should you should all come together and change this. I don't see why you have to let this happen. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right? Like they're kind of just like, well, there's nothing we could do about it. And it's like, well, why don't we why don't we like research? <laughs> like, why don't we look into that? I was glad at least Peter B. Parker, he was on Gwen's team, right? At the end, or was he not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was present during the end. Yeah, I was glad that at least he was there to be like, all right, yeah, yeah, fuck this. Like, I'm going to help Miles. And uh, (laughs) I guess, what did we think of Spot as a villain? Because I did, I do love a C list that's bumped up to A list or like bumped up to actual threat. Um, What'd you guys, what'd you guys think of him? I thought it was a really smart choice for an animated movie villain. Like that was, you know, like I get mad at the X-Men movies for basically choosing who's going to be in the movies based on like what powers the plot needs. Yeah. Like that always made me so fucking angry. So like that's essentially what they did with this. I I would assume like what's a cool power? Oh, this power. Cool. But the thing is, is like spot is not even C list. I mean, like, yeah. F list, G list, <laughs> like way, 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 way down the list. So they really do have free reign to do whatever they want to with him. And I think that like them really making, hurting his poor little feelings. He was making some good points about like, I clearly cannot get a job. My family <laughs> hates me. I do not have a face. <laughs> like like the, the, the bank owns this ATM, sir. I'm not going for your cash register. I'm going for this thing. Like, part of me is kind of like, I don't know. Let him take the ATM. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Kirk Overlord, what'd you think of him? Um, some when it came to the villain overall, I was a little underwhelmed. Although again, that was one of the things I wasn't too knowledgeable on watching the movie. I was mostly starting to think that Miguel was more of a villain, but he actually wasn't. It's just that he's teetering this line that I thought to be more compelling. And I thought it had a bigger impact on the story in terms mm-hmm. of how it hurts Miles. So the actual villain was a un, was like an afterthought to me in a disappointing type of way because I didn't even bring him up in my review for that reason. It was actually like something I didn't have in my mind. I was just thinking about uh, Miguel and this bombshell and this mentality he had and this way it had to be delivered to Miles. <laughs> mm, yeah, that I mean that makes sense. Um, Ashley, what'd you think? Uh, I think it was kind of genius how how they. Well, two things. It's like agreeing with um, Brett about like the fact that because he's such a low ranked villain, it is great that they don't have to worry about like a live action version of him, you know, overcome, like, you know. And then also that, you know, because of his uh, spots being able to use, be be used inter like dimensionally and things like that, it was such a good intertwine in how a villain can work within this story. But I do um, also agree uh, with Critical Overlord about like, Throughout this movie, the real antagonist feels like almost at Oscar Isaacs. Feels like <laughs> Miguel. Feels like Miguel. It's like, yeah, you know that like Spot is the real like he's the villain villain, but it's like the person who is really in uh, Miles is really in conflict with in this movie is really Miguel because it's like and and really even the rest the rest of the Spider Verse because they don't want him stopping what it is that he needs to what he feel like he needs to do, which is save his father. I feel like Spot would really feel like more of a villain in beyond the spider-verse because he basically gets to he he sees the future he's like it's going to be spot that's how my father dies so we're not going to see that part 
um, or that central conflict until the next movie. In this movie, we see Spot go from a joke of a of a criminal, which is basically the, the thesis of what leads to all of this, to him wanting to be taken more seriously, which then leads to him figuring out how his spots can be used and, and trying to get more spots and things like that to use. Um, and now, you know, he went from this white blob with black spots to being mostly black. So it's like, yeah. oh shit, like now it's, you know, we, we're, we're clearly getting a different kind of villain in the next movie. So like that sort of growth, but like not the growth we usually like to see because it's the villain, but like that type of growth was interesting to see. But yeah, the main antagonist of the movie still really does feel like Miguel. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think that's really well put, Ashley. <laughs> it's one, like, you know, I, Miles has now been a comic book character for 10 years, maybe 11, like 11, 10, 11, 12 years. And I remember someone pointing out, it might've been Saladin Ahmed in, in the beginning of his Miles run a couple years ago, just being like, Miles has been around for this time, this long of a time. He still hasn't had those iconic spot, the, the lifting up, a heavy machinery story or the, the Gwen Stacy, like he hasn't had his versions of those. He doesn't have his rogues gallery. And so that comic book run was all about, you know, them really building up miles in the Marvel universe, like a rogues gallery, big stories, etc. And now like, what well, I was like, just hearing Ashley talk and it makes me think like, it, it, like they're setting up spot to be his green goblin or something in a way. I, I honestly was just thinking like that really could be the case because so much of my story now has been, the Spider-Verse, yeah. even in the comics, um, and not always with Peter at the center either, even. So it's like, that is a villain that they can use in both cases of street level, as well as, oh, we're going to make, you know, Miles go from place to place like he always does, and we can still have Spot be the center there. So I really, yeah. I can see it happening. It's not like, because it is cool that, like, Miles now does have a definitive, like, iconic storyline. It's just, it's movies like it's not <laughs> i don't know if it's happened in the comics yet still but also just because it's hard for any comic book of the last five years to become iconic it takes yeah. time but like i do think like these movies are doing it so i'm i'm, I'm also like three months behind on well i'm like six months behind because i'm a marvel universe a marvel unlimited uh reader I'm so, sorry. so. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to think if there's anything else like specific we should touch upon before going to like just like talking about cameos and shit Oh, Ben Riley. Oh, yes. Yes. God, all of the Scarlet Spider stuff. Andy Samberg. <laughs> I wanted more of him. I mean, I do really appreciate him just kind of being a brooding joke. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the casting department. Like, my God. But like, you know, it's like, it seems so <laughs> obvious to have him be the voice, but you don't think of it until you hear him come through. And it's like, who who, who realized it? Who had the right? Yeah, like. Because Spider-Man is a jokey person, but Ben Riley's been through so much. So like he would want to get an Andy Samberg doing an yeah, like an angel season one voice. Uh, <laughs> but like I, I like that animation style was so like Spider-Man unlimited guest artist. Like it was so like yes. it was like it was not Jim Lee. It was not Todd McFarlane. It was the. Yeah, no name who's got the job at Marvel because they can really imitate Jim Lee really yes. well. <laughs> like, and I, I wanted to see more of him in the movie, just to see that animation style. Like, it was so cool. Right, that's so fucking accurate because they really would do that a lot in the '90s. Right, it's like you know, it yeah. looked like that, but maybe like 
a little bit of Rob Ledfield too, and like maybe yeah, it was like Roger, that was Roger Cruz's whole thing. <laughs> he just looked like a Joe Madureira clone. <laughs> he got better. I did really like him, and I liked him as like a joke, and I was kind of glad. A thing I liked is like when Miguel is like, "All right, come on, Ben and um, Jessica," and I was like, "Oh, cool, we're getting to see." Like, I want to see other spider folks in the mix of like not just like in the headquarters chasing him. Like, I I liked that we brought one of these other characters out. You know, I like that when he's running away, we do get all these other characters. But uh, Ashley, what do you think of Ben Riley? Um, <clears throat> yeah, no. Overall, I feel like he was both good comic relief, but as well as like, like, like him uh, picking up on Spider Gwen's uh, opening portal, like Ben Riley can see senses something, and then would be nuts. But like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I he was like, he was talking in '90s comics narration. Yeah, it, was, it was very much, but and like also. It made uh, me realize like how ridiculous sometimes those car- like I didn't see them as ridiculous yeah. then, and I still kind of won't like you know because I'm gonna respect for what they did at that time. But like that was the way that Spider Man yeah. like, spoke, <laughs> and it was yeah. like what out loud to who? <laughs> I love that. Uh. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I they just did a really good job with all the with who they picked as a voice with. I'm, I know I'm, I shouldn't be too hung up on the voice actors, but between Dan Kalia for Spider-Punk and then this, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I, in my head, I think I could do that job well because of how many actors I I'm always like spewing off at any given moment, but I, it wouldn't dawn on me until I'm in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very fair. Um, I was looking at the IMDB and there's like, Joan Cusack was someone I was like, I don't even know who she would have voiced. Um, oh, I love that the counselor, when she came on screen, I was like, oh, that looks so much like Debbie Downer, Rachel Dratch, and then started talking and it was Rachel Dratch. <laughs> <laughs> I did also love that counselor. So because this has happened to my mother so many times, and she's like, this immigrant family. And the mom's like, you know, Puerto Rico is part of it. I was thinking right? that. Can I tell you? Oh my God. Especially with Miles being from Brooklyn. Because the <laughs> amount of times when I would have a, like it would be parent teacher conference. Cause I was way too good of a kid to ever have my parents get called down. And like, <laughs> be like, Oh yeah. You know, from impoverished family. And my mom would be like, we have a house. <laughs> and it's like, and like, that's literally what Jefferson Davis is, is like. He's like, we not, we not struggling. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a cop and she, she's a nurse. And like, I don't know about all of that now. He said we own a whole floor in Brooklyn, right? Like I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's wild. That man is putting in overtime at, yeah. the, at the police center. Do you understand me? <laughs> <laughs> a whole floor in a Brooklyn brownstone, bitch. They might be millionaires. Let's investigate. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. That's like when I was in grad school, I remember um one of the other, I, I think she might have been Mexican. Um, she was like a Hispanic girl in my class. She would like write out how her mother's accent sounded when her when she would write about her mom. And like everyone was saying they hated it. And I remember saying, Oh, I actually really liked it. And my professor went, Well, that's because that's how your mom talks. And I was like, it's not like, <laughs> like that's not at all. <laughs> My mom moved here when she was like ten. Like, <laughs> um, so I did. I did like that, and the, and also the like that counselor not missing a beat. She's like, okay, but that's the story we're gonna like. She just kept going with it. Um, that felt very realistic. Uh, um, <laughs> and uh, and that the actress that voices the mom, I didn't realize. She was like in everything in like the late 90s, that actor. And I'm forgetting her name, but I feel like she was in like a lot of 
she was always like the Puerto Rican woman in like every show where they needed one. But now I'm forgetting her name. But yeah, no, I did. And I like that about the family dynamic. Like, is it just the mom or is it both of them that are Puerto Rican? The mom and the dad? No, it's just the mom. Mom. Okay. That's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah. Lauren, Lauren Velez. She was like, I want to say like NYPD Blue and like Oz. Mm. She was in like all those shows. So I always like, I always think of that mom. That voice is like very motherly. And uh, what else? What else? Um, I guess what were some of like your favorite cameos or like favorite like moments like that that were like a nod uh, to something else? Oh, girl, there's two of them: Donald Glover and exactly Andrew Garfield. I mean, Andrew Garfield's <laughs> cameo wasn't like really a cameo in terms right. of going up on set, but like first off, shout out to Sony for always going up to and- for Andrew Garfield because we had to take <laughs> a lot of disrespect for a long time. We did. So- <laughs> It feels good to be here now where a theater of people are cheering. For them. It's like, wow, we made it. Um, but yeah, no, but still, and also, especially with the whole conversation around the captain, like, I know it's happened before, but that was like the one time I feel like it really got, like, one following that Gwen Stacy storyline, I just swore up and down they weren't going to do it like the comics. And sure enough, we heard that bitch's back crack. But um, anyways... Yeah, like that was like that first time with the whole captain thing and stuff like that. So it was like definitely having that was like a really cool moment. But um, alternatively, the Donald Glover was definitely like the one time in my theater where I was like, (gasps) yeah, like we waited so long and he actually had a live action prowler suit. And Mm -hmm. this I, I, I had my mind racing. I was like, would he be from Tom Holland's universe? Because that's what I'm assuming, yeah. That's, that's what I'm assuming because we saw him in 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 the in Spider-Man Homecoming. We know yeah. he said he has a nephew who who lives in the city, and his name is Aaron Davis. So he was that that universe's uh, Aaron Davis. So it's like also on top of that, it's like does this mean that Tom Holland's universe has a prowler? Doesn't Tom Holland's Spider-Man? I don't think it was stated, but at the end of No Way Home. It sounds like he possibly lives next door two miles, but I might be confused. <laughs> that would be really? a great plot twist. I don't remember uh, seeing or hearing it, but if that's the case, I'm here for I it. I haven't revisited that one just because it made me cry so much. I was like, mm, I don't need to revisit this. I literally just watched when Aaron, excuse me, when Toby and Andrew um, come out and then I turn off. <laughs> I in my room like yeah all right we don't we don't need to see what happens next. wait ashley i love that you do that because that's me with the new stream since it's been on streaming i just watched gail weathers <laughs> chase scene like i kind oh, of yeah. memorized <laughs> and like then i'm like i'm good i don't need to watch the rest of it no, um, what happened yeah <laughs> i already know everyone um, lives happily ever after also, what did everyone think about the live action mixing with the animation? Because I think it worked really well. Normally, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I thought it worked really well for this. I think it, like, it really broadened the horizons of the Spider-Verse, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, yeah, no, let's bring in everything. I mean, they even had, you know, the uh, Spider-Man 67. Like, right. they had that one on there. And he, he you know, there's not enough. Uh, he couldn't move. <laughs> <laughs> I love that like, really, detail. Yeah, like so. I mean, yeah, I think like the live action stuff was just like let let's get some uh, the Spider Men from old vinyl, you know, record stories or like stories <laughs> like this. Really, let's start bringing in all the multimedia. <laughs> I also liked, you know, it kind of shows. Well, for one, also another thing is that they they showed us Venom's universe with with Spot. We got to see the convenience store that um mm. that Venom and um. 
Right. Oh my God, the man, he's really attractive, but in Venom, he looks like he hasn't showered. Oh my God, what is he doing? <laughs> Tom, Tom Hardy? Hardy? Here we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, you know, but knowing now that that is, well, for when we get confirmation that this is a possibility, because my when I first heard Beyond the Spider-Verse, I swore up and down. I was like, oh God, watch that movie end with a live action Miles Morales hopping out of someplace. So it's like, one, we do see that that's a possibility if they did want to blend this with Tom Holland or some other form of live action. But yeah, no, also, but it, it does get me excited for this idea of maybe some of the more familiar Spider-Man that we know possibly being brought in or some intertwining between the two. I'm on the fence because I don't really want a live action Miles Morales. I kind of want them to make five more animated movies first. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least we know like they can do it. And I also think it was really great that like they kept it to a minimum and didn't like, yes, that was also really good. I, you know, I think that might've been why it did work well for me because it was kept to a minimum. It wasn't like, it, like it might've looked too stupid if there was like a live action Spider-Man running down that hallway or like a couple of them <laughs> running in that hallway chasing him, like that might have looked like a little too. There should have been like a Spider-Man from the Maximum Carnage Sega game, just like at uh, the bottom yes. of the screen, walking <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> That's what I get. <laughs> but they did, they, they did the all the Spider-Man pointing at other Spider-Man jokes. Yes, yes, <laughs> which I love. That one was like that was so funny because of how much grander it was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was just layers of like huge cavern of spy- thousands of Spider-Man all pointing at each other. But Critical Overlord, what do you think of the live action mixed in with the animation? When uh, Tom, no, it wasn't Tom. It was uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's, I guess you can call them cameos. When they came on screen, I thought that looked fine. I really think, yes, what it was was that it wasn't on screen too much. Yeah. It was like a short blurb and then it was gone. I think if you would have kept it there, maybe I would have said, uh, this feels out of place because of the fact that it's contrasting the rest yeah. of the world we're seeing. But I thought it looked cool for the most part. Although I was told that that was kind of going to happen months ago because somebody was like, oh, well, Andrew and Toby are going to be. And I'm like, how are they going to do that? And then it was like, they sent a gif of a bubble popping. And I'm like, ah, now that I see it, it makes sense. <laughs> oh, huh. <laughs> I, you know, I will say so many people kept talking about No Way Home that I was expecting a Tom Holland cameo. And that was like an annoying thing that I was just like waiting for. Cause I was like, ooh, so many people have been talking about No Way Home. I bet they like somehow tie that into that's how he can get he's in this is because of No Way Home. But he was not, but it was fine. We didn't we didn't need it. But they did reference the events of No Way Home. <laughs> did, yes. Doctor Strange which and is that wild. <laughs> which I love. It was like when they say like sounds like someone you wouldn't want practicing medicine or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and see, like, people can rag on continuity or whatever, but like this shows that you can do it and like have cameos, have references, and it be really fucking well done, right? Like People can knock that shit, but like if you if it's written well and done well, it's great, right? Yeah. Well, and also like it's not necessary to you don't need to have watched No Way Home to you right. know that joke is a joke. Like it's not it's not integral to the plot, and so yeah. it's like yeah, like that works. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Brett, you mentioned the like what is it, fifties or sixties Spider Man animation? Yeah. I'm going to age myself wildly, but as a kid, when I discovered there were VHSs in Suncoast Video of, like, Spider-Woman and Spider-Man and Avengers, I was like, oh my god, I didn't know there were cartoons of these, and I remember asking for them for Christmas, 
getting them and being wildly disappointed at how bad that animation was. Because in the 1960s, so like this Spider-Man might have been the very first cartoon that they actually animated, which is, you know, I'm using that term very loosely uh, because before that, it was like they would take Jack Kirby comics and like apply a little bit of animation. And that's what like the Avengers and X-Men and Fantastic Four cartoons of the 60s were. And it was they're very, very hard to watch (laughs) because they're just comic book art that's like moving around a little. Um, But then like that 60s box, like I I got that box set when it was released. And that's where the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man thing comes from. Uh, I I, got that cartoon is wild. I just I think there was like a Thor one that I remember being so excited. Yeah, it literally was what you just said. It was like maybe his arm moves and there's like a boom like that pops out. But that's it. It is rough. But I I loved I just loved how like I don't know. I mean, and again, I haven't seen anyone complaining about it, but I'm waiting for it because I just I loved showing like, no, we can do all these things people complain about. And like, it's fucking great. Like there's I. I don't know. It didn't, like you said, Brad, I think it's also a lot that like, you didn't have to watch everything to get it. It's like, yeah, there are a lot of Spider-Men. That's all you need to know. Like, sure. They're all different dimensions. Um, But I, I also hope that, and who wrote Multiverse of Madness? Was it Michael Waldron? Yeah. It was the Loki guy, which is why it should have been better. (laughs) And I hope he watched that movie and was like, oh shit, (laughs) this is how you do that. (laughs) Because like, all the multiverse stuff was so fun in this. And it was like, Oh, we haven't even talked about, uh, Moonbatten or right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that was so good. Wait, he's the one with the beautiful hair, right? Yes. yes. I wake up early with my beautiful hair. I'm naturally thin. <laughs> like, <laughs> God, it's so good. I love that. It's voiced. He was voiced by the man who played the cab driver in Deadpool. Yes. So, so many of these actors have been in Marvel things previously. He's Karen Sony, right? That's his name. Like he's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I liked, I liked that animation style too. Like that looked more straight up like cartoon CGI animation, but I fucking loved it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I really love the way in which they gave an art, a different artistic style, basically to like every yeah. universe. Like that was in itself, like, like those little decisions, because <clears throat> they could have kept it still one way and just said, yeah, you're in a different universe now and just did like a right. subtitle or whatever. But like they genuinely gave each place like its own kind of like breath of life, like showing you. And I think like that in itself was like, because even down to like Spider-Gwen's universe, when we start, it's a different color pattern. It's a different like uh, the way in which she's like walking with everyone else is different from uh, Miles, which feels like, I don't want to say feels normal because that's such like a that's such that's like, it's an abstract sort of term but it's just like i guess because we're more used to it from the first movie it's what we're familiar with so like from the jump yeah. you see how it's different from when we first uh see spider gwen and then and then also like the contrast when you have someone from another universe come into that universe like the way spider-man 29 felt so out of place or looked out of place compared to everything else in spider gwen's universe like i think such small like decisions and details that like I do not have the talent for. So as a viewer, I was able to just appreciate it. Like (laughs) small. And I know it took months of work, like just want all the artists to know I appreciate them. But yeah, (laughs) that and even was just very much like very um, significant in the way that they, they, they drew that. I'm going to hope that they had people of that culture involved with every decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, I'm now I'm looking at the IMDb list. I think I said Joan Cusack. I meant Elizabeth Perkins. I don't know why I mixed them up. She played someone. She was Quippy Spider Person, which I'm 
I'm sure. I don't know who that could have been. <laughs> Wild. Um, Did you know that Jack Quaid, since we're referencing Scream so much, oh, yeah. Jack Quaid was in this? Which is <laughs> He was so the Spider-Man and Gwen's universe. Yep. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Was, was he in the first one? He wasn't, right? I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't no, think he was. Never, we, we saw Peter from, from Gwen's universe die when she talked about her backstory for like those 20 seconds, but we never heard a voice from him. So this time there was a voice. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, there's just so many. Fa- and I, another thing I got to point out, I love that J.K. Simmons is now J. Jonah or J. Jonah Jameson in like every universe. I love As that. As he being. should be. <laughs> when I heard that voice, I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, let's let's keep this up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and what's crazy is it just like when I heard it, and like I just I just I didn't want to assume quite yet, but as soon as his name came up in the credits, I was like, all right, we know who he voiced. I, I just love. <laughs> what happens everyone is very much in a ball like all right this character does not get played by anyone else <laughs> it's just so why i mean like when a human being when stan lee and, and steve ditko create a character in the 60s and then you know at some point in that like there was like what a 10 year old running around america <laughs> had no idea that <laughs> that stan lee had, had seen into his future and right. known <laughs> you will one day be this man and Forever. he will play like, and it's, it's just like, so per- it's Patrick Stewart and professor X, although they did recast, but you know, it's yeah. just like, this is just absolutely perfect. <laughs> so yeah. Good. Because also I want to, the Lego, the Lego universe was so fucking cute. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> although in my mind, I was like, wait, who has the rights to the Lego stuff? Is that, that's Warner brothers. Or that's- like, I was trying to, I was like, that was like trying to cut through the red tape in my mind. Cause that's just the, I feel like the rights involved in this were like Roger Rabbit level of like very much different. Like, I'm like, that must have been like a whole ordeal itself, getting like the rights to every different thing. Yeah, I I like the little noises when he like has on his like the wristband. It's like beep boop and like very, very Lego. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess before we close out, anything else anyone wants to like touch upon? Did anyone else think it was too long? Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, no. I, yeah, I mean, what it is the longest animated movie to ever be released in America. I saw. What, <laughs> really? Yeah, it was oh. the longest, like the you know theatrically released uh, Amer- like made America movie because hmm. it's like two hours and sixteen minutes. Yeah. So like I. I will say I did not feel it until the very end when I didn't know there was a third one, and I was like. Oh my God, they are setting up a whole other act. <laughs> I was like, are we really going to resolve all this? So I was, so that's when I started knowing like, this has been going on a while. We can't introduce a new villain right now. Yes. Yeah. I think that was the only moment I did know there was another one coming, but I kind of thought this one, and this is like why I don't love a part one, part two. Like, I feel like you can have a complete story that still is a part one. And that was the only time when I was like, all right, he's back home. Just tell your mom. Tell your mom. We got to end this movie. And then it's like, wait a minute. We're in a different universe? Fuck. Oh, that was <laughs> uh, <laughs> so hard. About the, the end real quick in terms of like the, the new, the, not the new. Also, okay. So the only thing I wanted to just really add there is just, it seems uh, with the whole anomaly, oh, you weren't, like, I did appreciate it. At least what I took away from it is that it's not that Miles is not supposed to be Spider-Man. And I think that's very important because I've been fighting for my life like, for like 10 years against racists. Like, Spider, he's not Spider-Man. And it's just, it's not, it was supposed to be the Miles who we see as Prowler. Mm-hmm. And at least that's what I took away from it, unless anybody has something to say that's that proves me wrong. It was supposed to be the Miles in the universe 
that the spider was supposed to bite someone in that universe and the spider ended up not biting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I took it to mean it was supposed to probably mean that miles. Um, yeah. But just not the miles. Cause it, it does make sense in the end. Cause like from what we know, there's never been a case where someone was bitten and there's already a Spider-Man somewhere, but they just know that that Peter's going to die. But we know that there was a Peter, there was a Spider-Man already swinging around. So like it does. And then Miles's Miles's Peter died. That was in the first movie. Yes. So Peter Parker in Miles's universe died before he was Spider. No, he was Spider-Man. I don't remember the first movie he at was. all. Yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> What's wrong with me? So Miles's universe, the one that the ultimate Miles that we have been seeing already had a Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. He was played by Chris Pine and he died because Miles ended up being there and he was saving Miles. The Miles in this ultimate universe has never had a Spider-Man. That's why when he came out to his mom saying, I'm Spider-Man, his mother had never right. heard that term before. Like that was a completely different thing to him. So that's because the spider from that universe got transported to a universe that already got a spider because they already, okay. That makes, okay. I got it. (laughs) I I took that to mean though, because miles ended up becoming prowler that miles was supposed to be, end up becoming Spider-Man there, but never. And instead ended up becoming prowler. That's how I took it. Yeah. I think thematically that will be, that that makes a lot of sense. Okay. I'm I'm going to believe that because otherwise then I'm going to say that, that Miguel was racially unmotivated. So I'm going to believe (laughs) that's what it was. Because calling him an anomaly had me upset. So that's what I'm. (laughs) Wasn't he, aren't they like a lot of what I saw, they were minorities so I would, I would, not, I would hope you don't have a problem with another minority. <laughs> well, being Spider-Man, <laughs> Miguel. <laughs> I, I listen. I would not be. I, I come from a very progressive Puerto Rican family, but I would not be surprised at one Hispanic Spider-Man being mad at another one because, like. <laughs> You know, I just wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Drew was fine, but that was enough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, Critical Overlord, did you find it a little too long? Only at certain parts in the middle. Okay. I was like, oh my gosh. I thought the first one was just like so, so simple and to the point. Not that this one wasn't to the point. Every scene had a purpose. I just thought maybe certain things went on too long. And they could have trimmed okay. it down, but that was just me. It was still a fun movie. I, yeah. Again, I, I think it's better than the first one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I can always see that critique. And for me, like, the only time that came in was the end when I was like, wait a minute. We've been, like, I literally took out my phone to be like, doesn't feel like we have enough time to wrap up the story. And was like, oh, shit, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not see that coming, though. Like, the whole, because that coming out scene of Spider-Man was so well done. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, because he was seeming... Miles was seeming like, I mean, like, like someone would erratic and just like very like hyped up and, yeah. you know, and I like, I like the mom, like kind of calling that out and then him saying like, no, I'm doing like, it was so really, really good and very unique. And then to have that reaction, I didn't see that coming, which he's good. Yeah. yeah. Good job movie. <laughs> yeah, they got me too, especially because he does tell his mom that he's Spider-Man. So I was like, I, I was like, oh, they're going to follow this storyline. All right, here we go. This is it. And so when it went left, it wasn't until he left the room and I saw the pictures around where I was like, oh, shit, this is not yeah. his universe. Yeah. But yeah, no, same. I was definitely prepared for like a, but then I was still scared because I was like, 
in other stories where he's told his mom that he's Spider-Man, Jefferson Davis ends up dying. So I was like, oh, fuck, you don't know you're following, <laughs> you're, you're following your storyline. Um, but yeah, I, that was definitely, they threw me for a curveball. I definitely, I, I did pick up on it. And I, I did read that the mom at the end, someone was like, oh, I picked up on it because the mom had different color eyes in the like wrong oh. universe, which I did not pick up on. Interesting. Someone at my screening, they actually... Um, I would before I get to that. <laughs> I thought the music at the end definitely was just heightening everything, yes. and it made the to be continued that much more infuriating for me. But <laughs> at the same time, also exciting. But when once that came up on the screen, because it was a promo screening that I got to see this early at, somebody belted out, "What the fuck." <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure in my theater i heard like groans people are like what like, <laughs> it I, is weird because like we don't you know for as interconnected as the mcu is that's really only happened at infinity war yeah like you know stories do continue but they they have you know they'll resolve 80 percent of it yeah or something like this is this was a good old-fashioned empire strikes back style cliffhanger yeah like, <laughs> But wait, all four critical overlord what was the other the other thing you were gonna mention oh no that that was it i was working my way up to mentioning that somebody had oh. belted out what the fuck at the screen <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're just mad i guess and we all laughed <laughs> <laughs> well and I, so like, I'm, I'm also i guess would like to talk just like really quickly about the other miles like i think that's you know, we've seen so many different versions of Peter and stuff like because yeah. i was like looking around in the the spider society hive place to see like are there other Mileses here are there other you know and well of course there wasn't we learned i guess kind of why although i feel like in an infinite right you know infinite galaxies there should be whatever um so it was cool to see a different miles and like that that's going to be really uh i don't know interesting to see them interact and like see what and that miles was voiced by someone different right oh i don't know it wasn't because if you look at me in the credits, Miles G. Morales is voiced by someone else. Oh. But I don't know if that's... That has to be him, right? There wasn't any other... I, I, and I said this jokingly to my friend. I was like, why is the evil Miles got to have the right Hispanic accent when he says his last <laughs> name? <laughs> um, but I did, I did like that, and I liked the... I was almost hoping his uncle would be like... I don't know. I wanted his uncle to be like, oh, I'm glad you're here, but like... I want you to tell me where the hell you came from because I want to figure this shit out instead of like straight up being like, I don't really care about you because you're not my nephew. And that Miles being like, that's not my dad. It's your dad. I wanted them to like be able to help him, even though I know that's unrealistic. <laughs> uh, Ashley, do you have any thoughts on the alternate universe, Miles? Um, I mean, shout out to him for having braids. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little upset. Of course, the evil... Uh... <laughs> Even one would have brains. Like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Sony doesn't want me anywhere near their building. They're never inviting me over. <laughs> um, but I mean, still. But yeah, no. And I've also we got. I mean, I- I'm gonna take it because we got Mahershala Ali back. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever it takes, whatever it means. If this, if we got to be in another universe for that, then so be it. But we got Mahershala Ali back as um Aaron Davis. But I mean, it was an awesome. When I think about it now, to um, critical um, uh, overload's point, I do think maybe the beginning was a bit long, and because I'm like, I think I got so like by mid movie, I got so captivated that I was all in, and I no longer was paying attention to time. But yeah, maybe it's like at that point that we probably were about an hour in. But 
Yeah, I guess it was, I really didn't see it coming. Like once we were in a new universe, of course I was thinking, oh my God, is another, I thought the other Miles was going to walk in when Aaron Davis was walking in and then it ended up being, you know, something else. I, I'm ready for the, for how this is all going to go. I really don't like as someone who's like read the comics, I'm, I'm a big, bigger Miles fan than a Peter Parker fan. So I know probably a bit more of his lore at this point. I'm, I really don't know. I, that's exciting, but also terrifying for me personally, because I usually, <laughs> this is this is new territory for me. Um, but I really, I was trying to sneak and see if I could figure out if he had another voice actor, but I, I didn't see anything. But he did sound different from um, Shamik Moore. So mm. I guess we'll, I'll, I'll continue to snoop around and see if I can find it out. But I'm excited to see what to see what happens. I mean, I don't know how, but I'm rooting for them both. I don't know how this is going to work for me. (laughs) I need them both to be protected. (laughs) All right. So uh, now that we're at the end here, um, favorite. All right. I'm going to ask, I'm going to add in a question that we don't normally ask. Favorite cameo, since there are so many. Brett, what was your favorite cameo? Yeah, I'll say, uh, yeah, Ben Riley, just that. Give me that sleeveless hoodie. (laughs) <laughs> give me more than the big floppy god um jonathan brandis hair <laughs> um ashley uh definitely donald glover um yeah. like we it, it, for those of you who do not know donald glover actually uh inspired the mere idea of of miles morales he's part of like the whole inspiration behind him from yeah. his time at community for those who don't know in the first movie they actually have a scene on when um it's either miles or genki is watching tv and it's actually the scene from community where Glover oh. is in his um spider-man pajamas spider-man pjs yeah oh. and so to go so they've been they've been you know giving him his respect throughout these movies because of that for a long time so between the spider-verse movies and then the role he played in the first uh in in a homecoming and all of that it's like to finally at the very least if we don't really really get him playing the role to right. finally see him in the prowler like costume and stuff like that. It's like we made it. We made even though he he annoys me sometimes, but I have to give him respect <laughs> to nerd culture and what he's done here. So it was really great to see him here. And like that brief moment where Miles is kind of staring at him, like he's staring at the the first yeah. side of him and stuff like that too was really cool. Yeah. I once visited the set of community because a friend was like a featured extra and he was allowed to bring me on set. And Donald Glover is very hot in person, but I did not get to talk to him because he was uh, mixing music on his laptop with his headphones on. Critical <laughs> um, <laughs> Overlord, what was your favorite like cameo? Honestly, I'm going to have to say the brief glimpse at Tobey Maguire, even though it was just literally the scene from the original <laughs> 2002 Sam Raimi movie. Just a lot of trauma that I still have from the cancellation <laughs> of Spider-Man 4. So anytime I, I get to see Toby back in, in a Spider-Man movie, I just always love it. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Um, I think I have like a tie, and it's a very weird tie, between Donald Glover's Prowler and Julia Carpenter, Spider-Woman. Oh, yeah. Because I loved her so much as a kid, and she was like the Spider-Woman I knew. Uh, you know who I kept looking for that I did not see, but I would not be surprised if I just missed her? was Aranya. Um, yeah. Because I, yeah. I really like her and I like, their, like she has, there's a Avengers Unlimited, I want to say Kelly Sue DeConnick, but I might be incorrect. Yes. Um, 
Is it is it her that wrote that? Yeah, there's an Avengers Assemble arc with like, is it Carol, Jessica Drew, or uh, and Anya, Aranya? Yes. Yeah, it's a yes. really good story. Um, I love that story. So I kept like waiting, but I mean, I it's possible I missed her and she might have been there. I would have loved to see her. Yeah, where's Silk? <laughs> yeah, where, yeah, where the hell is Silk? I mean, like they made a big deal about creating her. Give give. Give me all the spider characters. I saw Spinneret in one the corner of one scene, the like Mary Jane. Also, Spider-Man. where's uh, my my Marvel Strike Force mobile game? Where's uh, a <laughs> it's a Web Warrior? I don't know. <laughs> but those get are, them all. Those are my two favorites. Even though Julia Carpenter is literally, I think you do see her in two scenes in the background. But I was just very happy to see her. Um, all right, favorite scene, Brett. Jesus. Oh God. I, I was watching the entire movie trying to think. I mean, the one that on that got me the most emotional was seeing Jessica Drew in a in a movie for the very first time. And and honestly, like just that opening shot of her on the motorcycle just coming and kicking ass you know, on a motorcycle just it, it made me realize how much I love that character and that energy that she has and how like yeah I just I want more of it so. Yes, please I, MCU, please uh, beyond the Spider Verse. That was like perfect Jessica Drew energy. Yeah. Ashley, what was your favorite scene? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, my gosh. I really don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, just for this, for the sake of, of just showing, I wouldn't say that. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying this is my favorite scene, really. I'm just going to go with the scene that I think just shows really how great Miles is and how he's not a character to be underestimated. Is the chase scene in the end when he uh, gets up to the, to the um, top of the thing and you know, Miguel's like, you you know, there's like no place for you to escape. You can't go anywhere, oh. whatever. And and Miles is like, well, I did just get every Spider-Man like in one place, whatever yeah. type of Yeah, thing. away from your base. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, good. And like he ties them up or whatever. And he, and he, he, he tricked, he tricked every, every version of them, which there really is not a version of Spider-Man that isn't at the very least, you know, smart, if not a certifiable genius. Yeah. So, and then, you know, him, he goes, Pete, yeah, he still, and even Peter says like, oh shit, I guess he did have a plan. And so it's like, I just say that because it was just this moment of when you need to know what the difference between, or I should say difference, but what is it about Miles that makes him so special and sticks out and stuff like that. And it's, you know, he, he truly is his own person. I think that was a really good scene with all of them to show yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Critical Overlord? Uh, I guess I'm in agreement also with Ashley because I thought that chase scene after the secret that uh, Miguel had shared with him and uh, talking about the canon events and all the emotion behind it, I thought that was just the the best scene for me, my favorite one. And the way, it, of course, it bridged into the cliffhanger, which while infuriating, was also equally thrilling. Uh, that was my favorite scene, no doubt, when he was finding out all of this stuff. And because it's kind of challenging his identity now, and I want to oh, see yeah. him overcome overcome this and be content with who he is and where he stands as a Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I that chase scene really like that whole long chase scene. I I I don't know that it could work in many movies, but it fucking really worked here, and it was like a thrilling chase scene. I want to pick something else, but I, I think that is my favorite was that like long chasing. Cause I just liked seeing like all the different Spider-Man, all the different, like, I don't know. I just like seeing all the different shit and like being able to like pick out everything. But close second might be miles getting like the tour of the place. Cause I did like seeing that too. When it's like, these are all the different villains. And like, you know, I like when they're like, and that's a boring rhino and it's just 
a fucking red elf. <laughs> this is a fucking red elf. <laughs> um, That's great. What grade do we give this movie, Ashley? I will never in history ever give anything with Miles Morales in it anything less than an A+. <laughs> Very fair. Uh, Brett? I mean, I, I would probably A+. I can't, because I cannot think of anything that was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Overlord? Same, A+. I've already gotten somebody who said, oh, how can you say this is better than than Scream 6. Aren't you Aren't you a horror fan? I mean, oh, yes, but this movie was written better than Scream 6. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Like, And I say that, too, as a huge Scream fan. Like, it just fucking was. Also, different genres. Yeah. Go for different things and elicit different responses. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, why are you saying that peanut butter and jelly ain't as good as the Beatles? <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> <What are> you... <laughs> okay. Uh, people are exhausting. Um, people suck. If you like Slayerfest 98, you can find Wait, us. What do you give it? Did you grade it yet? Oh, I didn't, did I? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thanks God Brett says something. Because- God. <laughs> I also give it an A+. Um, I do think I like the first one better, but only because I'm a sucker for emotional beats over anything else. And the first one made me cry. But I fucking love this and it's still an A+. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening. If you like Slayerfest 98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at SlayerfestX98 on all social media platforms. You can support us on Patreon, where we have a ton of bonus episodes, Patreon Zooms, Watch Alarms, and a bunch of other bonus content. And if you want to follow me, I am at Ian X Carlos. Ashley, where can everyone find you? Uh, Ashley K Smalls, Twitter and TikTok mostly. I'm also on Instagram. Um, yeah, I'll try to get other stuff going on. But for right now, you can follow me there. And Brett, where can everyone find you? You can uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider. Uh, I also have a sitcom podcast, Must Have Seen TV. And you can follow my drag persona career. I don't know. At, at Barb Hardly <laughs> on uh, Instagram. Uh, Brett, you have fucking you keep upping your looks and I am so fucking impressed. You haven't even been doing it for oh. a year yet. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I discovered the Macy's last call rack yesterday. And so I got a <laughs> gorgeous gown for 60 bucks. Head to toe sequence. It's <laughs> wild. Nice. And Critical Overlord, where can everyone find you and your channel? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, YouTube, Critical Overlord. Uh, of course, you can also message me on Facebook if you would like to, but I'm mostly active on Twitter. I think everyone, including you, would agree that I'm mostly yes. active on Twitter <laughs> if I'm not uploading a video. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.